Welcome to Bible News Press. Our goal is to discuss biblical faith beyond cliches and buzzwords, whether such words are religious or political. Sometimes we sit around the table and fellowship. Sometimes we do a little time travel. It is all part of our journey with our Abba Father, who has given us the key to life. We do it with Jesus, and we do it together. Welcome. Hello, I'm Laura. I will be reading 2 Samuel chapter 11 from the World English Bible. At the return of the year, at the time when kings go out, David sent Joab and his servants with him and all Israel, and they destroyed the children of Ammon and besieged Rabbah. But David stayed at Jerusalem. At evening, David arose from his bed and walked on the roof of the king's house. From the roof, he saw a woman bathing, and the woman was very beautiful to look at. David sent and inquired after the woman. One said, Isn't this Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, Uriah the Hittite's wife? David sent messengers and took her, and she came into him, and he lay with her, for she was purified from her uncleanness and she returned to her house. The woman conceived, and she sent and told David and said, I am with child. David sent to Joab, Send me Uriah the Hittite. Joab sent Uriah to David. When Uriah had come to him, David asked him how Joab did and how the people fared and how the war prospered. David said to Uriah, Go down to your house and wash your feet. Uriah departed out of the king's house, and a gift from the king was sent after him. But Uriah slept at the door of the king's house with all the servants of his lord, and didn't go down to his house. When they had told David, saying, Uriah didn't go down to his house, David said to Uriah, Haven't you come from a journey? Why didn't you go down to your house? Uriah said to David, The ark Israel and Judah are staying in tents, and my lord Joab and the servants of my lord are encamped in the open field. Shall I then go into my house to eat and to drink and to lie with my wife? As you live and as your soul lives, I will not do this thing. David said to Uriah, Stay here today also, and tomorrow I will let you depart. So Uriah stayed in Jerusalem that day and the next day. When David had called him, he ate and drank before him, and he made him drunk. At evening he went out to lie on his bed with the servants of his lord, but didn't go down to his house. In the morning David wrote a letter to Joab and sent it by the hand of Uriah. He wrote in the letter, saying, Send Uriah to the forefront of the hottest battle, and retreat from him, that he may be struck and die. When Joab kept watch on the city, he assigned Uriah to the place where he knew that valiant men were. The men of the city went out and fought with Joab. Some of the people fell, even of David's servants, and Uriah the Hittite died also. Then Joab sent and told David all the things concerning the war, and he commanded the messenger, saying, When you have finished telling all the things concerning the war to the king, it shall be that, if the king's wrath arise and he asks you, Why did you go so near the city to fight? Didn't you know that they would shoot from the wall? Who struck Abimelech, the son of Jerubasheth, 
Didn't a woman cast an upper millstone on him from the wall so that he died at Thebes? Why did you go so near the wall? Then you shall say, Your servant Uriah the Hittite is also dead. So the messenger went and came and showed David all that Joab had sent him for. The messenger said to David, The men prevailed against us and came out to us into the field, and we were on them even to the entrance of the gate. The shooters shot at your servants from off the wall, and some of the king's servants are dead, and your servant Uriah the Hittite is also dead. Then David said to the messenger, Tell Joab, Don't let this thing displease you, for the sword devours one as well as another. Make your battle stronger against the city and overthrow it. Encourage him. When Uriah's wife heard that Uriah her husband was dead, she mourned for her husband. When the morning was past, David sent and took her home to his house, and she became his wife and bore him a son. But the thing that David had done displeased Yahweh. That is the end of chapter 11. And here we have the story where David seems to commit every sin possible in one fell swoop. He betrays a loyal friend, he commits adultery, and he tops it off with murder. So verse 1 points out that this was the time when kings go out, but David didn't. And verse 2 points out that David did more than just catch a glimpse of the woman he watched with desire. Then verse 3 gives him one more step towards actually committing the sin where he initiates connection with her. Now, up to this point, what David has done was wrong, but he could still have refrained from following through. He had the blessings of being king, but he wasn't fulfilling the specific responsibilities that went with it at this time. There are some other questions that come up when you're reading the account. I wonder why Bathsheba was bathing in full view of the king. Maybe a rooftop was a normal place to take a bath, but surely there were some things that she could have done to not make it so obvious. So it seems possible that this is not just the king taking advantage of Bathsheba. Um, she gives some evidence of appearing to be a willing participant. Some people suggest that possibly she would have been afraid and wanted to do whatever the king said because he had so much power. But David did not have a history or reputation of being despotic. He had a history and a reputation of having justice and righteousness. So she didn't have any reason to just feel afraid when he called her. And after all, her husband was one of the mighty men. And then we have the counterexample of Abigail in the previous stories where Abigail warned David away from sin. And so I think there's every reason to think Bathsheba could have done the same thing. Now, there was apparently a great age difference. I highly recommend the book, The Chronology of the Old Testament by Dr. Floyd Nolan Jones for investigating these kinds of things. He's done a lot of work to help you work through different scriptures that build a timeline for these things better. So taking all things into account, it seems that David was around 50 years old, and if Bathsheba was the daughter of one of his mighty men, and she was still in childbearing years, then she was at least a few years younger, young enough to have four more sons after they were married. On a side note, it's kind of a dark humor that in the English, her name begins with the syllable bath. In Hebrew, it doesn't have anything to do with that kind of pun. 
Now recall that David already had many wives. He had no reason other than his own lust to seek another woman. You could wonder if he had a distorted view of marriage and his kingly advantages that were already the seedbed of this bad decision because he was polygamous and that was against God's original design and against God's injunction to kings to not get many wives. Perhaps the fact that Uriah was a Hittite got your attention, and apparently a God-fearing Hittite. We hear of the Hittites as early on as Genesis 23, where Abraham bought the cave for burial from Ephron the Hittite, and then unfortunately in Exodus chapter 34, where they are listed among those that Israel is supposed to drive out because they have become wicked and corrupt cultures or nations. But As with the examples of Rahab and Ruth, we know that a particular individual is always welcome to follow God and to be with his people. Another couple of places where Hittites are mentioned in the biblical timeline is in 2 Kings chapter 7, verse 6, in the time of Elisha, and then in Ezekiel chapter 16, verse 3, they're actually mentioned as a slur, like a bad name when um, God is talking about Jerusalem. Well, Uriah, he condemns David by his own, by Uriah's superior choices and attitude, even when he's drunk. It's hard to know if this was intentional or not, if he thought David should be out as the king fighting. But one does have to wonder when he even specifically says he would not lie with his own wife, if he had some inkling of what had been going on. And then David is so caught up in his bad decisions that he even sends the orders for Uriah's death by Uriah's own hand. And not only does Uriah die, but it leads to others dying as well, just to institute this bad plan of battle so that Uriah could be left to die. All of this to cover up a sin that would still become infamous worldwide. Verse 26 does talk about Bathsheba mourning Uriah, but then she goes ahead and becomes David's wife. One could suppose she did this out of self-preservation because everybody knew Uriah hadn't been home and then she would have been pregnant and um, nobody would have claimed the child. But I have to imagine that word got around and I'm thinking there was a lot of palace gossip about what had been going on with David and Bathsheba. And in verse 27, it says, this displeased Yahweh. And this is not just like Yahweh saying, oh, I wish you hadn't done that. If something displeases Yahweh, it is the antithesis of good. And then just one last note, um, in Matthew 1, um, we have the genealogy of Jesus uh, from the kingly line from Joseph's side, and it mentions Solomon, who is Bathsheba's son. And in Luke 3, we have the genealogy through her son, Nathan. So she does end up being in the line of Christ. This is at least a sign that God uses all things to work his plan, but also it seems to be an indication of the complete forgiveness that he gave David when David repented. And if you read Psalm 51, you get a very clear picture of that. That's all for today. Thanks for listening. That is the Bible News Press segment for today, but not the end of our journey.